Welcome to Bible Fellowship Church's The Upper Room. Our podcast discusses Sunday messages from Pastor Don, looks at the recent news headlines, and any updates on our congregation and upcoming events. Leading the discussion is our church leadership with invited special guests. We hope you enjoy it and find it informative. To help support our ministry, please consider becoming a subscriber and financial contributor. Links to donate are on our website at bfcforyou.org. Now let's get going. I'm Scott Kimball, and I'm an elder here at Bible Fellowship Church, and today I am joined with a fellow elder, uh, Jacob Davis. Good morning. Good morning, Jacob. How's it going today? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. That's good. And our sound engineer, Andrew Kimball. Morning. Yeah. Good to have you, Andrew. Happy Father's Day, guys. Thanks. You too. So I thought it'd be good um, to open up talking a little bit about Don's sermon. Um, try not to get too much into the weeds on it, but basically, uh, he preached a sermon this morning talking a little bit about Father's Day, but kind of in the context of Isaiah. Um, so, first of all, I just wanted to kind of throw it open as far as uh, the, what you picked up as sort of the main topic or the overall theme today. Take it away, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, the the first thing that I thought was really good was the way Don set the uh, context of the passage because I think that's something that's really easy to lose. But um, the the uh, the family life and the daily life that Isaiah had, where he was in the interactions we had, uh, where he was making these prophecies, I think was was really helpful to me. Um, again, we see. God's sovereignty at play uh, through it all. So I think that that theme really sticks out and it's definitely comforting in the time we're going through right now just to see that uh, anytime you can in Scripture. But uh, the thing that stuck out with me to, to me today was definitely the context and and uh, Isaiah's interactions with the royalties and with the with the common folks and also with uh, with his wife. I thought that was all really helpful. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good, too. Andrew, do you have any other insights on it? I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I didn't keep up with much of it because <laughs> the kid was being wild. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough to uh, pay attention to what's going on. You both have young children <laughs> carrying on and being... Uh, Every day is an adventure. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. So, yeah, I, I thought that um, looking at the life of Isaiah, you know, the fact that he did have a wife, that they did have kids, that the names of those kids were significant and, you know, part of the prophetic, what was going to happen down the road for Israel. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I also like the, um, I think there really was kind of an overall arching theme that he, he was kind of getting a point as far, as far as Father's Day goes. And we'll talk a little bit about this later, but that kind of idea that um, good fathers are important. And that bad fathers can leave a, a terrible legacy um, through the through those generations, and which I thought was really, really good and, and really timely for today. Um, I think the um, the looking at the scriptures here and looking at what was being foretold, what was already been told to David as far as what would happen, you know, as his lineage. Um, went down through the generations that if any of them varied from what was going on or the God's plan, I guess that he would bring others up, up to, um, discipline, discipline them. And, uh, we, we look at, 
at that lineage, that kingly lineage, uh, through Solomon on down through the kings in Isaiah's time, and we see that they they really did fail. And I thought it was kind of interesting, I guess, jumping down here a little bit, sort of one of my aha moments was when he was kind of going back and looking at the lineage of Jesus. He he first went through that lineage we get in Matthew through Joseph, which goes through that kingly mm-hmm. lineage. But then we also get the lineage of Jesus's actual DNA, which is through his mom, and it was not through the kingly lineage. It was right. through another son of David. Right, Nathaniel. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which I thought I'd never really thought about that before, but that that's interesting because, you know, God told David what was going to happen through that kingly lineage. It kind of failed, mm-hmm. and God still kept his promise but came through another line of lineage that was not the kingly lineage in order to uh, provide the Savior that they actually needed. Right, right. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. And having the fact that um, Joseph and Mary were married, but not blood descendant with the with orchestrating the virgin birth, that was the only way to make that work. Yeah. That Jesus could be the legal heir of the throne of David um, and still be a blood descendant, but without the uh, the tainted blood from the failed kings. Yeah. That was, that was yeah. the only way that would work out. Yeah. That- that's kind of cool. I'd never really, I guess, paid much attention to that before. It was kind of new to me. I thought that was really cool. Yes. I, I thought it had some interesting thoughts when we were talking about the, uh, the Syrians and, you know, the, uh, the proper way for us to respond to, uh, to unbelieving nations like that is, is kind of a challenge. And, um, uh, I think one thing we have to remember there along the lines of the sovereignty of God is that sometimes it's, it's, not our place to correct the unbelievers uh, or punish them. It's it's we're supposed to be reaching out to people, even those that are uh, that are obviously coming at us um, with ill intentions. And the way we handle that, I think, is it should be one of the trademarks of our faith. Hmm. So. Yeah, interesting. God does bring discipline to His children, but and He may do it through outside forces. But our response back to those outside forces isn't supposed to be in kind necessarily. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, interesting stuff. I thought the whole thing, you talked about those children motifs and how the names of those various children that are named in, you know, Emmanuel and I can't remember what the other name was that essentially meant. The long one. Yeah, the long one. Yeah, that he kept calling Speedo. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speedy to take yeah. spoils or something. Yeah. And swift of plunder. Right. And so the um the idea that these these various personages would, would come into being and have specific roles and how they were to either deal with Israel or deal with Israel's um I guess judgment. Yeah. Some pretty cool stuff this morning. Very, very interesting. And I think it does help to kind of extend our understanding of of the Old Testament. Um a lot of times we I think we brought this up last week. We only look at the Old Testament in the context of how it relates to the New Testament. But I think there's a lot of information in the Old Testament that stands on its own that gives us some vital information about who God is and how he deals with his children, essentially. Um, you know, we talk about ourselves being, you know, the church um, and that we're separate from Israel, but we're still God's children. So we do still fall under some of the same um, corrections, I guess. And there's a reason that it's still in the version of the Bible we have today because it's important. So Yeah, exactly. Very important. All right. Anything else on the sermon that 
you guys want to discuss or cover this morning? I thought it was pretty good for folks who are listening to this. You know, I'd encourage you to go back and, and check it out and listen to it. Um, there's some really good teaching there, uh, some solid stuff, and hopefully you'll come away with um, some additional thoughts. I plan to go back and listen to it again um, just because there are so many distractions on a Sunday morning. It's hard to, to catch all the details. Um, right. But uh, I, th- I think it's important. It's one of the reasons we record it and put it out there for folks. Yep. Use it. Use it. That's right. That's what it's there for. All right. So last week we kind of talked with this idea of the voice of the church and uh, we kind of talked around it and it sort of opened up a lot of other thoughts and discussions. And uh, so I kind of I kind of brainstormed a little bit and came up with some different topics. But I thought in light of Father's Day uh, being today, I, I thought I would open up at least with the topic of, um, you know, ministering as a church. How do we how do we minister to fathers? We see that in our society, one of the places where some influence has really been lost is in the home. And that a lot of that is because we either have fathers who either aren't in the home at all. Uh, a lot of unwed moms, a lot of single moms raising kids out there. Um, one of the reasons our society is in such disarray right now and we're having a lot of the issues we're having is because there is a lack of fathers in these homes and, uh, or on the other end, there is a dad in the home, but he's not really being a dad. You know, he's not taking his responsibility and his roles, um, seriously. You know, he's, he's all about his, you know, new boat or whatever, you know, playing with his buddies on the weekend or, you know, whatever his, whatever his thing is, it's not his family. That's not the priority. Working all the time. Working all the time. Yeah. You can be a workaholic dad. And that's that's a very real thing. And that's the one Hollywood usually picks out when they're trying to you know make a feel good movie. They about, do about the right. dad that yeah. Yeah. works really yeah, work too much. Everything's about his job. Yeah, yeah. Well, and unfortunately, that's kind of true with the way we prioritize work in our country. It's one of the reasons we're the most productive countries in the world is because we put such a heavy emphasis on on work and the the benefits of work and the. And a lot of men especially get their importance and their identity, their identity of who they are really. Yeah. As be out of their work. You, you come up to a guy and you say, what do you do? What do you do? What's he tell you? Yes. He tells you where he works. Yep. yep. You know, I work here. I do this. I own this company, whatever, whatever his thing is. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it can really get out of balance when it comes to family life. Mm-hmm. And, so how can we as a church, I'm just going to kind of throw this to you guys, help to create an environment where dads can sort of help maintain that balance. And when they find themselves out of balance, how can the church maybe come alongside and assist um, and help dads get back into that balance? I think the conveying the um, conveying the priority of scripture hmm. is the, is the way you stay centered there. Um, if sermons are, uh, or about applications, about doing things, their natural response is going to be to go out and do things. But if the uh, if the focus at church is on scripture, um, I think that prompts fathers to to focus on scripture themselves and be leaders themselves, spiritual mm-hmm. leaders in their families. So I think that's the first step. <laughs> Andrew's just over here trying to figure it all out right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm just that's a big question. Yeah, it's tough. It yeah. is tough. It is a tough question, and I think I think you definitely hit on the core, the, at least the basis of it. You know, it definitely needs to be scriptural, scripturally centered. Whatever the church decides to do, they need to be able to base it somehow or another in 
in the word and the teaching of the word. And because yeah. and, the teaching of the word is really what is going to help a man to really discover what is truly important in life and what is not important. And so if we can, if we can help men better understand scripture, which is a tough thing because, um, you know, we know that a lot of men don't attend church typically. Um, and they, they don't attend church quite frankly, because they feel kind of intimidated by church. Um, I've had men tell me directly, they feel intimidated by church. You know, they come to our church and, you know, they think, well, I'm so ignorant in the scripture. I don't know anything. And all these other men here, you know, they seem to be so much more and they seem to know so much more than I do. And it's just very intimidating. And, uh, so I guess, you know, one of the things we could do as a church is try to make, make the scripture as accessible as possible. Um, try to make sure that we're not, we're not making it so academic that, that it's not applicable, you know, on a, on a day-to-day thing. Um, there are some pretty heady concepts in scripture and it can be kind of tough to wrap your mind around, especially when we live in a culture that does everything they can to poo-poo scripture and, and make it say something that it's not actually saying. So, but I think also, uh, we need to look at the ministry of the church to men, um, in terms of a family. It's something that Bob hits on a lot, you know, that we are a family. So as a, as a family, um, you know, are there some practical or some things that we can do to kind of help one another out as, as men, as dads? I think authenticity is a big deal there in mm-hmm. church. You know, if, if, if people are open about, uh, you know, things they're struggling with or, uh, or any kind of challenges in your life, I think that is helpful because then it's, for one, it's less intimidating for sure uh, to your last point. And then also, um, that's the only real way to learn from other people is, is learn what they've struggled through and what they've learned uh, the hard way, not, not that it just came to the world knowing it all. So I think there's the family aspect there that we can learn from, from other men in the church. Yeah, and like what you're saying about authenticity, you talk about being a family and um, being able to come alongside and support other men, or, but if nobody knows you're struggling or if, you know, if you're just putting up a front, if if everybody is, I mean— then you don't know that you need to help them or you don't like, yeah, that's, that, that's a good point. Cause I was struggling to think of how could you actually, how does that actually look having that support system? And that's part of the problem. That's one of the first roadblocks, I guess, is that most of the time we don't want to admit that we are having problems. We don't want to tell you, we want everyone to think it's okay. Everything's mm-hmm. okay. So we don't need that, that support. So it's hard to actually go in and support other men or other fathers when they act like everything's always okay all the time. We always got it all figured out. I think that's true. I think you pretty much have to. One of the things I like my heart in our church ministry here is for the men of the church. And, and we've been doing men's, you know, meetings usually in the fall. And then again, in the spring, we'll get together and do some kind of topic. And lately we've, we'd kind of gotten into the habit of doing Saturday morning breakfast and that kind of thing. And there's just something about the guys getting together talking about a little bit what's going on at home and whatnot. It, it's helpful in that authenticity aspect because all men struggle with stuff. I mean, we're all trying to figure it out. We're all trying to, you know, figure out what it means to be a good dad, what it means to be a good employee, what it means to be, you know, a good husband, all those kind of things. And none of us have a good guidebook to go by other than the scripture itself. And, um, and so we're all struggling one way or another. And so one of the things that always seems to happen at these meetings is you get 
one man or another that finally opens up a little bit about some things that are going on in their marriage or being a dad or problems they're having with their kids or whatever. And all the other dads in the room start going, yeah, me too. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, you realize you're not alone in this thing, you know? Yeah, or, the response is usually good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it's almost always positive. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a good point is that having those other opportunities to build relationships outside of just church, mm-hmm. you know, like, because you can't on a Sunday morning walk up to somebody and say, hey, how's it going? And they say, well, to tell you the truth, really struggling. Life is garbage right now. And then, you know, that's, you have, you work it out together. That doesn't happen on a like a traditional Sunday morning yeah. scenario. But having like those meetings or even work days or or even just getting together outside of the church just to spend time together and not have it actually you know because of a study or something like just to hang out builds the relationship to where you kind of and gives you those opportunities where you could actually talk about those things and there's no time constraints and you're not trying to rush home and your kid doesn't need a nap and like you're. It gives you more, I guess, organic or more um, just better opportunities to be able to to have those conversations and actually open up and be real with each other. Yeah. No, it's really good. And I think that's true. I don't think it is something you can do on a Sunday morning. No. No. And that's not necessarily the purpose of Sunday no. morning. I mean. But that creates another challenge because, you know, everybody is so busy all the time. So then you actually have to make sure you're you know, maybe like you said, a study is a good time. So then it happens every week for six weeks. You can carve out that time. It's not that big of a commitment or, but then if you're doing it a little bit more sporadically or like, you know, a pool party or something to come hang out, the part, you have to be willing to, to open that, to host it. And then people have to carve out the time to come. And so that just, I mean, it's not super difficult, but it just, it does create just another layer of where our lives get in the way of all that. Mm-hmm. Because you have to get time for those extra things. Yeah, well, and it's tough, especially for you guys as young dads, because you got, you know, mom at home with the little kids. And when those kids are young, they need a lot of attention. And so there's a lot of passing of the children back and forth to right. to try to do that. So it's tough to do that and manage work and everything else. And um makes it more difficult. It, I will tell you, it does get better. <laughs> <laughs> there is hope at the end of this tunnel. So Eventually. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It's not bad right now. No, it's, you got to enjoy it for what it is right Yeah, now. it's just a yeah. lot of work. Exactly. Yeah, you just got to enjoy it for what it is. Those those little ones are awfully can be awfully sweet, even though they demand a lot of your time. It's it and it goes by way fast. So right. <laughs> they grow up so quick. Um, so yeah, I think um, I think having those times, but I, I think there there needs to be times where it's just the guys, right? You know, because if it's something like a pool party or a big family get together, what you know, and you got the ladies around, you know, if if the guys all kind of end up in one area and the ladies all end up kind of in, in another area, maybe then you can kind of open and do this kind of stuff. But men don't generally want to open up and talk like that in front of their wives or the you know the other women or whatnot. Yeah, you may talk to your wife like that one on one. Right. You know, you may dump dump on her in the middle of the night or whatever when it, when it finally gets to be too much for you, but. um there needs to be those specific times. And I think that is one of the areas where I think the church can really help because it, it, of anybody, I think we have a better perspective on what God wants out of men and for men than anybody else. So you, you can go to any kind of men's group, men's meeting, the Elks Lodge or whatever, and, and find brotherhood there. But um, it may not be, you know, it may not be, and I don't mean to defame the Elks Lodge, it may be perfectly fine, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, it may be, 
um, that being a church, I think we have an opportunity. It was one of the things I do appreciate about like the Catholics, you know, they've got like the Knights of Columbus and some of the other churches to have these organized men's groups that, that do think being an independent Bible church, you know, we kind of make it up as we go. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's some advantage to that, but there's also a lot of disadvantage to that because it's not a, not a consistent thing always. Uh, anything else you guys can think of on that topic? What else do we want to say to men today on Father's Day? Hmm. I did think about um, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 um, in Paul's letter, um, trying to decide where to start reading that. Um, I'll just read this section. But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And indeed, you do so toward all the brethren who are in Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. And verse 11 just came to mind talking about dads in the church and and how we conduct ourselves. Uh, It says that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, that you may walk properly toward those who are outside and that you may lack nothing. So as far as relating to the outside world, that's the passage that came to my mind that we don't, we talked the first part about loving each other a lot, but it, when it continues into verse 11, um, I, I think there's a certain focus that we're supposed to we're supposed to be the church and we're supposed to be the fathers in the church. And we need to pay a lot of attention to what we do and and have that right, um, that that right testimony to the outside to to be able to win people over with with what we're teaching and to not give an opportunity for blaspheme. Yeah, good stuff. That passage is probably one of my favorite passages. Um, matter of fact, I was I was writing down some notes. I was going to record some thoughts and stuff on on that particular passage. Yeah, okay. yeah, I, yeah, I really like that passage a lot. And I think it gives some very practical advice about how all Christians, but specifically us as as men in the church, need to conduct ourselves. You know, that whole di- idea of, of minding your own business. I mean. Social media and everything else, everybody's in everybody's business these right. days. And you feel like you need to, you know, jump in and comment, you know, every time somebody says something that you don't like or whatever on, on Facebook or, mm-hmm. you know, especially if it's a, a family mother or brother or sibling or whoever. And, you know, they say something you think, you know, stupid or whatever. You feel kind of obligated to go in and help correct them. And <laughs> usually that ends up in a huge fight. So right. that's one of the reasons. Yeah, I'm not on Facebook anymore. So. I love my brothers, and I, all I saw was our going back and forth about political issues and other things just tearing us apart. And so it's just like, okay, we're just not, I'm not going to participate in this anymore. You know, I'm going to let my life, the way I raise my family, the way I conduct myself um, in public, but also, you know, at home, let that be my testimony to my brothers. You know, not, not some angry rant about whatever you know, whatever the political hot topic of the day is or, or whatever. So, um, it's that passage right there, I think is a, is a key passage for believers. And I think it, it's one of those things that's in the, the fruit of the spirit, the last fruit of the spirit that's, that's mentioned. We always kind of gloss over because we focus on love, you know, love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithful, gentleness. We, we focus on all those, but the very last one is the most important one, especially for men is self-control. Absolutely. And so, that tied with that passage in Thessalonians, I think, gives men really kind of an anchor to hold to about what it is we need to be about on our day-to-day lives. 
And um, I, I think it's just really good stuff. I'm glad you brought that passage up. And, and it speaks to men, too. It speaks to what we want to do because that actually gives us something to do. It involves mm-hmm. discipline. And uh, Paul said you were to keep your body under subjection. And so self-control is a, is a good manly goal that we can pursue. Absolutely. Um, you know, and it fits, but we don't talk about it very much. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those issues, I think, that causes a lot of problems. And then going back to what we were talking about at the beginning, about a lot of men either being absent fathers or being fathers who are only interested in their own self-interest. So they're not mm-hmm. really paying attention and keeping that balance with their family. It's because they have no self-control. You know, right. and they're, they're all about themselves. So, yeah, no, good, good stuff. Uh, anything else we want to talk about as far as church ministering to men on Father's Day? Keep up the good work, dads out there. Yeah, right. Keep fighting the good fight. Yeah, there is that. There is fighting the good fight. But there's also, you know, um, lean on your brothers a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, if you got. Yeah, don't fight it alone. Yeah, don't. Yeah, know that you're not in it alone for sure, especially if you're if you're a Christian and you're in the church. You got other men, you know, that you can pull alongside you guys who are in the same age bracket, maybe even raising kids about the same age as your kids. You know, talk to them about what's going on. You probably find out they're struggling and dealing with the same stuff. Absolutely. And then, um, and then if you guys can't figure it out, go find somebody older who's been through it before and ask them how they got through it. So it's, it's not complicated. You know, it's, it's like one of those things. It's, it's, it's simple, simple but, not, but easy. not easy. That's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it requires a certain sense of humility and most of us aren't real good at that. So anyways, I appreciate you guys, um, willing to talk about this kind of stuff and, and open up a little bit and, uh, uh, for those guys that are out there that are, you know, maybe maybe having a tough time, or maybe their life is great right now. Hey, be an example to somebody else. You know, if you if you got a good thing going with your family and you've figured out a mechanism to balance life and kids and whatnot, don't don't hold that to yourself. You know, be willing to be to teach other men um, how to do that too. And if you find some guys in in your church or whatever that seem to be really struggling figuring this out, or they seem to be a little too domineering over their family or whatever, you know, don't be afraid to kind of come alongside and interject a little bit. So, uh, we all, we all could use a little humility now and then it's, it's good for us. Yep. All right. Appreciate it. Um, Jacob, would you close sure. us out in prayer? Father God, thank you for this time. Uh, we can all uh, gather together and um, please bless everyone here and everyone listening and uh, help us to just constantly remember that you are in control and that you care about each one of us individually, uh, wherever we are in our lives, Lord. Uh, we thank you for that love. We thank you for that care that you that you have for all of us um, that was exemplified by your sacrifice on the cross and your uh in your plan of salvation for us and the and the the desire for us to all be disciples and to come to you know you personally and to walk with you uh on a daily basis help us to uh to humbly remember that remember that uh you are the answer to our problems and uh help us to uh to go in the right spirit and with the right attitude and um and to ponder the paths of our feet and that you'll just guide us, uh, be a light to our path and help us to, uh, to reach others with your good news and to, uh, to, uh, point others, uh, to you, uh, that, that loves them so dearly. And we just, uh, ask you bless all the fathers out there for Father's Day that, uh, you'll keep us from sins and stumblings and, uh, help us to stay focused on the things you would have us stay focused on. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
I hope you enjoyed our discussion today and found it thought-provoking. The Upper Room is a Bible Fellowship Church production. The opinions discussed by our guests are just opinions and random thoughts at the time of recording and do not necessarily reflect the doctrine or stated beliefs of Bible Fellowship Church. Thank you.